Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host Sara Davison shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Do you think once the cheater, always the cheater? I hope not, because as human beings, like put it this way, people often say, oh my God, like I was yesterday, I was in Curry's looking for a TV and I've been in there like two hours. It's like, oh gosh. And I, so I'm standing, the guy is ringing up a sale before mine and the music's on and I'm like, and I, I wasn't even thinking. He looked at me and he went, are you always this jolly? <laughs> and I went, uh, actually, yeah, I am now. For the first 32 years of my life, I was completely miserable, angry, withdrawn. I'm naturally very quiet and very shy anyway. I was, I was awful. I was not the sort of person that you would want to really have around. I know how much I've changed. So if I can go from moody and miserable and actually pretty vindictive to the woman now who's like joyfully dancing around curries and, you know, and all that sort of stuff and just having a chat with anyone again, actually, do you know what? Da, 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 da. Let me just give you a website for that, all that. If I, I, I know how much I have changed once, you know, got into personal development. So I'm like, no, if my, if I can almost have a personality change, a complete personality change, I think that anything is possible. And I, there are people out there who are devastated by what it's done to them and their partner, their family. They'd never want to go through that again. And it's like, been there, done that, not for me. And then there are other people who are the serial cheaters who, regardless of what comes out of their mouth, you know, we know there's something else completely going on. And they're, you know, what we used to call the players back in the day, there are those people. But I, I do actually think that we as humans have the capacity to change. You've got to want to do it, though. Yeah, well, that's quite interesting coming from someone whose partner then went on and did it again. So the fact that you still have, hold those beliefs is great, because I also think that's one person, you know, and we, it's, again, I think it's a lot on our responsibility to pick better partners. You know, if someone has cheated in the past, then you know that it is on their radar and they were capable of doing that at one point. Now, have they changed or not? I guess that's for you to work out. But if you are vulnerable to that, or it's something that you really don't want to go there, finding that out could be a reason not to get involved with that person. So, you know, I think it's, again, you know, forgiveness about, you know, well, that was then and if they are remorseful, that's one thing. But if you are particularly vulnerable to that and you have trust issues anyway, I've seen it so many times where clients will say, yeah, but he's cheated before. And it's like, yeah, but he's being incredibly kind and loving and they were very remorseful about what they did, but they're still holding on to the fact that even though they are showing up and they obviously have changed in a lot of ways, that they did it before. So if you're going to be hanging on to that and that's something that's going to be difficult for you, then I would avoid those relationships, you know, and, and filter, put that on your ideal partner list. I do a great exercise with my clients, which is how to design your ideal partner, which really puts everything on there that, that you want, because we all know what we want, don't we? Whether it's tall, dark, handsome, short, blonde, blue eyes. We just need to look at Love Island at the moment. Everyone's got their type on paper, but it's all about the physical looks. But what we need to also do is put in the things that people enjoy, their education, maybe their family values. You know, do they like family? Are they going to get on with your friends and family or are they not that kind of person? 
you know, really looking beneath the lid of what you see to actually take responsibility for designing that partner. But importantly, not just what you want, but also what you need. And what you need might be someone that's honest and loyal, someone that has, you know, um, a good sense of humor, whatever it is for you. But focusing on what you need as well, which is where you learn the lessons from the mistakes in the past. And then we have these five must not haves on there, which are absolute deal breakers. So for some of you, it might be, you know, you cheated in the past. Or if that comes up, you deploy your parachute and get the hell out of there straight away. You don't just give it a go and then end up getting hurt. Or it might be that they lie or they're unkind or they're selfish or they smoke or they don't like kids, whatever. But I think doing that exercise actually really helps you fine tune what you do want. Because a lot of the time we focus on what we don't want. But, you know, around in that saying about what you focus on, you attract. So, you know, if you're focusing on what you don't want, you're going to see more of those, those potential partners. So, yeah, I think getting some clarity is really important. Do you agree, Marilyn? Absolutely. And that's a similar place to where I start. And I remember when, because this, when the Spice Girls were coming out, I had a section called Tell Me What You Want, What You Really, Really Want. Because many people have no idea. And we will put more time and energy into choosing a television, you know, because I was doing my research and doing comparison <laughs> tables and asking questions and all of that. And, and I'm not suggesting that is how you approach a relationship your first day. You come out with your scroll of, you know, great yeah. 120 questions, although there are some yeah. really great questions you can ask. Um, however, that whole thing about having clarity on what you want. And I say it's a, it's about a clean want. What I mean by that is somebody can say they really want trust in a relationship, but if trust is intertwined with being cheated on, betrayed, all the rest of it, it's not clean. So even when a partner displays those very things, because you have so much attachment to it and it's a negative attachment, it starts bringing all of that stuff to the surface. And that's why I've always been a big proponent of rele releasing what I call the old emotional baggage. Because if you don't, a bit like your regular baggage, if you're staying overnight at someone's house, you turn up with your stuff. If you're getting into a relationship, you turn up with your stuff. We've all got stuff. I haven't met anyone who hasn't got stuff. However, when your stuff starts spilling out and it's out of control, it gets dumped onto the other party and you can potentially also start seeing things that aren't there because you are colored by what you've brought with you. So that's why I'm saying clean up first before taking all of that and projecting it onto another human being. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got a couple of questions here. What about if he can't decide if he wants the other woman or he wants to stay and carries on the affair while deciding? Do you think about that, Marilyn? I don't know if I should say this. At university, we call it double dipping, um, where you know you've got it's like you go to a buffet, you're like, oh, can't decide. And where it's one of those eat as much as you like buffets, you can take your, your satay stick and you can dip it into as many sauces as you like. Yeah. Um, I'd say that's not really fair on the partner. So this is now sometimes where rather than the other party deciding, you decide is it yeah. all right for you to sit and wait while they test on both of you <laughs> or are you like look if you don't know if it's that close a call and you're undecided clearly it's not me yeah <laughs> but that can be really hard right because you're there 
you've got maybe you've got kids maybe you've been with them a long time maybe you live together there's a lot invested it can be really hard to say right well I'm out then because what if they were going to come back you've got that sort of unrealized hope and the potential they're going to come back and that it's all going to be okay if you just sat it out but if you walk away then they're going to go headlong into that relationship and if they're headlong into that relationship you've got less chance of of winning them back so that could be an interesting dilemma Absolutely. And I would say, and this is where good communication and conversation comes into it, because it's not a one sided deal. So this is where you're sitting with your partner and that whole thing about, OK, let's look at what we want, what I would call in my line of work. And you probably call it something similar or have something similar. The relationship values, looking at those and seeing where they fit and seeing where they're out of alignment, because that's going to give you a lot of information. Also looking at, OK, where has this gone wrong? And is it possible that this can be repaired? I love that whole, something, something like kintsugi, uh, the Japanese art of repairing what has been broken with gold. Because there are times, and I've had clients who come in as a couple, their relationship is stronger as a result of the affair because they both had a wake up call. They both realize this is actually what they do want it was brought up in the cold light of day. And when the when the possibility was there that they were going to lose that, suddenly they got focused. And it was the opportunity to say, actually, this in the relationship has not been working, isn't working. What can we do about it? And there are those things that are deal breakers. Now, if there are deal breakers on the table, I always say, look, if that's who they are and how they are and they stay the same, is that OK? Yeah got to be clear on that one because you can't yes but it because there'll be things that and, and I was working with someone recently and, like, and they were talking about all the things that annoy them about their partner I said um were they like that when you met them oh yeah <laughs> you know it's just like hold on a minute then hold on a minute then so what's changed what's different oh it's annoying now I'm like that's that's not fair now you have to talk about this see what can be done but if it truly is a massive deal breaker that's where the rubber hits the road and you make a decision where do we go from here but i would say mm -hmm. communication is key um, but i don't think it's fair on either party if they both know that they're kind of being used it's like no you need to talk about this one and figure that thing out and say mm -hmm. what needs to be in place for either us to stay together or to make the decision that it is time for us to reevaluate where we are and where we go from here. So it's not a straight out, no, good, I'm out like the dragon's den, but there's a conversation <laughs> that needs to be had in terms of let's get clear, where do we go from here? Where do you want to go from here? Because that's a big one. What, what do you want? Yeah. And there's also an argument for, you know, you asserting your own boundaries, your self-worth, you know, thinking about, you know, is this how you deserve to be treated? And clearly not. Um, and so maybe over the years, your self-confidence has dropped a little bit and maybe you're struggling with that. So it, it's a good time maybe to get a coach to start working through, well, well what, how can I rebuild my self-reliance? I think a lot of people become very codependent in relationships and tolerate really bad behavior, should we call it that? <laughs> in this case, you know, having an affair knowingly, um, which must be torturous for you. You know, we tolerate that because that we're not sure how we're going to cope on the outside if we'll ever find anyone else if we can even do the day-to-day -day stuff and obviously there's financial reasons and other reasons why we stay which can be really difficult 
but actually starting to build your self-reliance by sort of when things come up, instead of running to your partner or running to maybe a friend or family member that is always there to support you, asking yourself, okay, well, what would I think is the best thing to do in this situation? So you start to figure out what you would do and work through the problems on your own. And then, of course, you can still go and pick up the phone and say, hey, dad, hey, mom, what, what do I do here? Or to your best mate. But it's you learning first, because then you'll see, actually, yeah, we, I did get it right. Or they agree with me. So, yeah, I, I can do this. And slowly over a period of time, then you can start to get your, you know, your independence back a little bit more. So maybe you, you are in a position to say, no, I'm actually going to go. But, you know, I think getting your ducks in a line at that point is also really important. Like if it does go wrong, start planning for what life would look like. So it's not a black hole. Quite a lot of the time, it's just the fear is not knowing what anything else looks like, because this is what you've done for so long. So actually, I know it's painful, but actually thinking, OK, well, if I was going to redesign my life a different way, what would I have in it? Where would I go? Where would we live? What would we do? How would we make ends meet? How would we do that? And actually putting a plan together so that if it does happen, it's not quite as devastating as if it doesn't. So I think, again, it's, it's important to have your backup plan for you sorted out. So you've got a little bit of a safety net with that. points about the confidence and self-esteem. <clears throat> I had low confidence anywhere. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said that it wasn't something I was aware of. I just thought I'd go quiet and shy. Um, but I know now I was lacking in confidence, had low self-esteem. So when this happened, it was a blow to my confidence and to my self-esteem. And one of the biggest emotions I felt was shame. I was yeah. completely embarrassed yeah. that my partner needed to go off and sleep with someone else. Um, so didn't tell anyone. But that whole thing about confidence and self-esteem, because I don't know about you, but there are times where I meet women who are seemingly super confident very self-assured except for this one area in the relationship they're almost in that subservient sort of doormat position and don't have the confidence and don't have the self-esteem so confidence is a really big part of it because when your self-esteem is low you can actually find yourself thinking well you know or at least he loved you know you can talk yourself into all sorts of stuff and almost be grateful for the little morsels that you get whereas yeah. when your confidence is is kind of more solid that's where part of your brain goes hold on a minute i don't think so so confidence yeah. and self-esteem is a really big piece of the puzzle because when that starts building up that's where people can more easily transition into looking at what life could might potentially be like beyond the scenario whereas if you're like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my god it's too much to even sometimes yeah absolutely i agree well we've got lots of questions coming in and we've got just about 12 minutes left so i want to go to the questions before we go there man tell people how they can find you if people want to follow you or find out more about the courses and coaching that you do Oh, yeah, cool. Majority of the time, it's forward slash Marilyn Devonish and Devonish is D-E-V for Victor, O-N-I-S-H, except for Instagram, which is a neuro success coach. So fairly easy to find. Yeah, awesome. And also, I just like to mention, I'm running a retreat coming up actually next week on how to divorce a difficult person and recover from a toxic relationships so any of you are in that situation do check out my website saradavison.com for more information on that right let's get to the questions because we have a few um okay 
Um, what can I do as my husband refuses to speak to me and sort things out, even though he was the one who cheated? Marilyn, do you want to go first on that? So when it first started for me, I'll talk about that and then some of the approaches I've used with clients. For me, I said, I cannot, if you want to continue, and he said he did. I said, if you want to continue, I cannot move beyond this unless I've got some answers. So that's how we then got into the situation where I took it too far. Let's be clear. I took it too far with the letters, but that's a whole story, a different story. <laughs> One of the things I would often say is, look, OK, it might be challenging then for your partner and you and your partner to sit down. But this is where somebody, a third party comes in, coach counsellor, therapist, whatever route people decide to take. Now, I know for the partner that doesn't want to speak, that can be like, oh my goodness, the worst thing ever, but this is what needs to happen. In my, in my case, I says, look, and that's how we got to the, the counselling. I says, if you're not willing to do this... Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, Get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one -one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. I says, look, and that's how we got to the, the counselling. I says, if you're not willing to do this, then I can't carry on with this. So it's, are we going to talk? If so, what's going to be the best mechanism for us to do this? Because if you really want the relationship to continue, please hear me when I say there are things that I believe we need to talk about in order to repair the relationship resolve some of the things that have been going on and if the partner really does want to see the relationship continue this may be one of the parameters that is required in order for you to move beyond it past it resolve yeah. it and move on to the next stage so for me it wasn't a does he want to does he not want to it was yeah. like, do you, the question was do you want the relationship to continue and here are some of the things that are important that I feel are necessary we need to talk to a professional yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more I think it is important to find a way to communicate but I guess if there is a situation where someone doesn't want to, quite often they don't want to go into the details. Maybe they're ashamed. Maybe they feel guilty. Maybe they just don't want to hurt you. Maybe they don't care. I don't know. It could be any of those things. But actually, one of the other things that I've found is that even if your partner doesn't really want to engage in talking or doing anything, one of the things that I saw, I had a, a male client who came to me and he, he said, look, my wife's leaving me. She's not happy with me. Um, she doesn't want to go to therapy. She doesn't want to do anything. I don't know what to do. 
So we sat down and we worked out a plan and you can do this with a coach or you can do this on your own, but work out what you think they would like to see. Things that you could do to make them feel valued. Now, I know he's cheated, so it could be difficult to sort of be start being th doing things, but obviously the relationship has broken down. So there's a communication issue somewhere. Something's gone off kilter. So maybe if you can start making changes on your own, like my client did, suddenly his wife was like, oh, well, hang on. If you'd have done this a few years ago or a few months ago, I would never even mentioned any of this about leaving. I love this, this you when you show up like this. But what happened? And he said, well, I've been seeing a coach and she's told me to sort of step up and start doing some things a bit differently. And then they started to open up. She started to open up. They ended up then having a more open discussion about things. So maybe there's something there where you can start making some changes that are so obvious that your partner then starts to respond. Because one thing's for sure, if you keep on doing the things you've always done, you're going to get the same results. So we need to do something different. And if they're not prepared to change, then as almost like a last ditch attempt, if you want to stay and walk away with no regrets, try some changes, do it yourself and just see if they want you. But also I think it's important to work out what you want. Do you want to be with somebody who is like that, who can treat you like that? Because that again is another really interesting area to, to look at. Working with a couple at the moment, they're out in, in Australia. So I've spoken to them together, but there are also sections we do apart because there are often things that your partner does want to say about you um, but you know once it's said it can't be unsaid once it's heard it can't be unheard so it may be that he doesn't want to talk to you in terms of the person who's posed this question but now the proposition is talk to someone and when I say someone I don't mean you make down the pub necessarily I mean someone professional because they will have that discussion I'm sure many of us have been in the position you could say something to a family member, a partner, to your blue in the face. You might have said it two gazillion times. Complete stranger wanders in, says it once, and it's the best thing since sliced bread. So that's often what happens where people get what I call the penny dropping aha moment and suddenly it opens up. So the conversation doesn't have to involve you per se, but could they speak to someone? Yeah, well, I mean, that's very good advice. I absolutely agree. There's another one here. Um, he wouldn't answer all my questions. So I had to ask her instead, which was difficult. She said she thought they were in love. He has since blocked her and claims it was just casual, no love. I can't work out who's telling the truth. Oh, that's an interesting one. That is an interesting one. And when I interviewed the other person, the third person in the scenario, there were times where like one of them for example got into the relationship believing that he was single and then found out now by that time they had fallen in love with them genuinely so um and and then when they, they were saying yes but my partner doesn't understand me and we're not sleeping together anymore da, 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 he was kind of holding out hope that they would be a relationship further down the line just had to get his wife more stable so that when he left she didn't do anything silly as he put it um, so there can be those times where someone genuine and even if it does, that's why I'm, that's why I say with the entanglements bit, someone can start off thinking it's just about sex, but then feelings get ignited. And then before you know, everything's kind of out of control. So that's a tricky one. <clears throat> now, in terms of who do you believe if you don't, if you don't have the opportunity to have any further contact, this is one where your imaginations can run, run rings around you. 
it now so for me I'm often like if you haven't got the communication in terms of what's happened in the past the question becomes where do we go from here mm. what is our next step in moving forward regardless who's right who's wrong who's telling the truth who's lying and if you're in a position where you're like wow you look at someone and you perceive them to be a liar that's now I'm like okay that's something that also you want to sort out in the relationship because it's not particularly healthy to be sitting across the dining room table with someone or having them next to you on the sofa and doubting every word that comes out of their mouth that is it that turns quite toxic because even if they are telling the truth the processes that will run in your head understandably so can start causing chaos and havoc in the relationship and that then brings us right back to we need to talk and we need yeah. to get some things ironed out yeah i mean trust is is the foundation of any relationship and if that is gone then i mean it is possible to build it back but you know i think everyone's got their own views haven't they whether it's right or wrong should you stay should you go can you forgive can you not this is very personal it's very personal to you there's no right or wrong you know some people can forgive and stay you know i always thought in my my world if someone ever cheated on me i'd be out now in my case i didn't really have much of a choice but 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 the thing was i was out as soon as i found out i was like well i'm done so when i then found out well he was quite happy about that that was just well that you know like you said the second time around that your partner cheated you're like well i'm gonna get out first you know sometimes that is the best way but i think everybody's different and there is no right and wrong and if you want to work on it, do work on it. Try, do your best, because there's nothing worse than leaving a relationship and then thinking, I've got big regrets about that. You know, it's best to work through everything, communicate as well as we say, you know, discuss things if you can. If you can't, be the change you want to see and see if that makes any difference. I think that's important. But one last question here that I'm going to cover, because I know there's lots of questions, but... Um, uh, do you think there's a difference between an affair and a long-term relationship? I've just found out my husband's been in a relationship with another woman for four and a half years. And because we've been living apart because of job related reasons, it's obviously been more than an affair, more like a relationship. Or would you not make a distinction? What do you think, Marilyn? If we went to the dictionary about the affair, it really is that whole thing about illicit sexual relations with someone else. So that essentially for me is kind of where it's at it's not it could be a one night stand or it could be something that's gone on longer over a period of number of years but I would still put it under that same thing it's an affair in terms of the pure definition of, of how you would define that word the fact that it's going on for longer now it could be the the affair has turned into a relationship but I wouldn't be making a distinction it would still be someone is having an affair and it's been going on for a long time. So they have now formed a relationship, which can be really hard because yeah. I know it's going to sound strange, particularly if someone hasn't been in this position. But many of the people that I've worked with over the last 20 years, when I first got into practice, I was a relationship coach for the first coach for the first nine years. I had an agony aunt page with a magazine called Heals Heals Health. And then I had a, an agony aunt and coaching page for a magazine called Spirit and Destiny for seven years. So this is a sort of conversation that would come up a lot and people would try and change the name of it to make it a, fit, a bit more palatable. I'm like, it is what it is. Um, but the, the intimacy, the, outside of sex, the intimacy of having a related conversations, the sharing of laughter, 
those little things that you know each other for many that's even more devastating than the sexual side of the relationship mm. because that is when you when you open yourself up to another person you share parts of yourself you bear your soul that's really intimate and that can sometimes be just as painful if not more so than saying oh they slept with someone so I wouldn't necessarily make in the distinction between what I would call it for me it is it's an affair but the fact is it's been going on um, for several years now I don't know if you it depends on your age but it did resurface a few months ago there was a tv show called friends one of the most famous lines is we were on a break <laughs> where <laughs> Ross and Rachel were, were split up so Ross sleeps with a woman in the I think it was a photocopy shop and um and then Rachel finds out about it but she's all upset but he's saying well we were on a break we're on a break. And so this, this whole storyline ran, you know, throughout the, the, the years that it was on. So there's that comes back to, okay, you're living separately. Was there, an, was there an agreement there in terms of how you would conduct yourselves, even though you were separated? If the agreement was you're kind of living separate lives, then this might be the product of that. But if the agreement was you're still in a relationship, you're just not geographically together all the time, that brings us back to, okay, so now this is stepping outside of that agreement and they are having an affair, but it's a long-term one, which has turned into a relationship. I hope that makes sense. That, but again, that's just Marilyn's view of the day. Um, you don't have to take that as gospel, but that's the way that I see that in my mind when I look at what, what, what's been shared here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do think that as someone has been in a you know, one night stand or it's been a couple of weeks or a couple of drunken, events that happened that's one thing but when someone has feelings and they like you said I know for me it was definitely the fact that they've been talking about me and they'd you know been doing things together and they'd done trips together and and that was really hard because you think someone's your best friend you think they've got your back and then to know that actually there's been a lot of deceit can be really really hard and the longer that's been going on the more intimate those those moments have been that becomes you know something that is harder to get over as well I would imagine than then, you know, if you were going to stay and work on that rather than something that was just, oh, I was drunk and it all went wrong. And I'm sorry, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, again, it's a very big topic and we can carry on talking for much, much longer, I know. But thank you everybody for joining. I know some of you are going through really tough times, but know that you will get through this. You will come out the other side and a little bit of adversity does make you stronger, even though right now you're thinking probably, I feel terrible, but actually there is a way out. There's lots of advice and support out. We haven't had time to get onto today, but there's lots and lots of tips, aren't there, Marilyn, to help people power through afterwards? Oh, absolutely. And, and for me, years ago, I created a coaching program called Surviving and Thriving After the Affair, because that was sort of a unique situation that if it hasn't happened, it can be challenging to, to know what it feels like. But for me, the key thing as I walk people through that process we do the download, we look at the signs, we look at what, what did the other person say? What did the person who's cheated say? Because there will be times where we'd go through, and I did an anonymous survey, people very kindly um, filled that in. And there'll be times I would share what someone has said and someone else on the call would say, oh my gosh, I actually feel better now because that's what I suspected. And I think that was, so hearing someone else's answers was powerful. However, once you've done all of that, it's like, that's cool, we've done that now. Now let's move on to picking up the pieces, yeah. doing some healing, resolving the broken heart and working on that confidence and that self-esteem 
And that then brings a sense of trust and even teaching people how to trust themselves. Because I know if you're speaking to adults, that might seem like an odd thing to say, but many people don't trust themselves. They haven't even had the opportunity to need to test that part of their psyche. So it can be completely new territory. And then from that place and space, that's when I say to people, now you've done that. Now you can start looking at what you want in the relationship. Now you can start making the decision. Do you stay or do you go? Because to do it from that place when you're in turmoil, like you said, you go, right, that's it. I'm out. And then the family is completely decimated. But when you're when you're calmer, you're more aligned and all of those emotions are not swirling about. You can make a much clearer decision and you're looking at the long term implications of that. And you're able to actually sit down and have those adult conversations rather than things coming from a knee jerk reaction or a place of anger. Because I will be honest, the anger felt good for me to be able to just spew something out, which I knew would potentially mm. hurt the other person. And my rationale for doing that was you've hurt me. So now I want to hurt you, but it's completely unhealthy. And that is no way to live. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Yeah. So finding those healthy ways, which might be exercising or taking up boxer size or something like that. You can put their picture of their face on it even and go for it. But yeah, not actually doing it to them. It's probably the wisest decision, but yes. But thank you, Marilyn, for joining me. You have been, again, inspiring and so, so helpful. I hope you guys have enjoyed this um, and you found it useful. Sending you lots of love, hoping that you get through this tough time. You will do, and you'll come out the other side stronger and happier so lots of love thanks everyone for joining that's it for today's episode of heartbreak to happiness don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of sarah's virtual retreats the retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with sarah herself coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again for more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sarah's free gift. Thank you, and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.